Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. It's been a while. Yes, I know. I know you miss me. Calm down. Calm down. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Mommy's back. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't take myself seriously. Anyway, today is a new Renegade Times episode, so let's just get into the trenches knee deep, alright? Let's just do this. Blech. Well, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to contact me. Down in the links below. Yes. And also, get yourself some merch because you will look fucking sexy this summer, so... Yeah. I mean, you put on a Rogue Radio tank top, fuck yes. You'll look fucking sexy. That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. Um, yeah, I have a sore throat and now I can growl. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, um, <laughs> let's just do politics. I'm hyper today. I hope you enjoy Hyper Rogue today. <laughs> Wait, we can't get into politics yet. I have to tell you guys about my trip. I went on vacation. It was amazing. Me, Terrence, and Leash Leash Capiche uh, all went to Chicago. And we stayed there for about a week. And we did a lot of fun stuff. We did a lot of fun stuff. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. It was a four-hour car ride. Um, and it was great. It was really great. So, um... What did we do the first day? I think we went swimming at the hotel uh, pool, which was great because I haven't like been in a pool for a very long time. So that was great. Um, I am a fish in the pool. I love to swim. So that was one of my favorite places. Um, they had a jacuzzi there. So you best believe Rogue Radio was living in that jacuzzi tub for the whole week. Like. That, me and the hot, me and the freaking jacuzzi are going steady now. So yes, <laughs> we went down to Chicago twice um, because our hotel was just outside of Chicago, and so it was like an hour drive, like over there. So we, the first day, we ended up going to Chinatown. Uh, in Chicago, which was amazing. They have all these little shops with, like, anime characters and uh, just a bunch of, like, cute stuff uh, for anime and everything. So, um, I had gotten myself, like, this 3D poster of Deku and Shoto, and it's on my wall right now. It's beautiful. Um, what else did I get? I got some, like, soap. <laughs> I got soap because, um, apparently, like, the, the, I don't want to say Asian or Chinese, listen, it, it's, man, <laughs> I don't know how you're supposed to say it, 
Anyway, it's it's homemade soap, basically. Homemade soap, and it had ginseng, and uh, eucalyptus, rose water, stuff like that. Stuff that's good for your skin, you know? Because Mama Rogue has a lot of skin problems. Got myself a new pair of sunglasses, and I look fucking badass. I love that. But, I mean, it, um, we ended up going to this Korean, um, I think it's called Bonchon. I have it posted on my um, Instagram. But we ended up going there, and I had gotten these uh, wonderfully steamed, like, shrimp dumplings, which I think I was low-key allergic to. Maybe. But I would eat it again. I seriously would. I think it's just because it's just brand new food. I've never actually tried Korean food, so um, I don't know. Maybe my body reacted in a weird way. I don't know. It's just one of my hands kind of swelled up. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but um, yeah, and you know how gross Toledo water is? Well, in Chicago, it's much cleaner, and it was life, so I drank all the water that I could over there, too. <laughs> Um, what else? I'm trying to think of what else we did. We ended up going to this place, uh, in, in the center of Chicago called Willis Tower. And Willis Tower has this, uh, attraction at the top, the very top of the tower, and it's called the Sky Deck. And it takes you up to 103 floors, like, really fast. Um, I ended up going up there with uh, Leash Leash and Terrence <laughs> and we immediately started having like our ears pop because it was going so high so fast and when we got up there I'm usually not afraid of heights at all I'm not afraid of heights at all I love heights uh, I love it I just I feel at home up there <laughs> but uh what it kind of did freak me out a little bit because uh they have these windows and it's not like the ledge i'll talk about the ledge later on but um they have these windows where you can like step up they have like a little platform where you can get closer to the window and you can see the whole city like below you and it's kind of intimidating i'm not gonna lie you have like this adrenaline rush stepping up on top of the windowsill and it is, it's just, it was a great experience. And then we ended up going to the ledge and I almost freaked out. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. It's a very thick plexiglass box. They have like different platforms and uh, the workers will like uh, bring you to one of the ledges. And so it's just a plexiglass see-through box. And it's very thick, very thick like plexiglass to where, you know, you can jump and you can stomp and you know nothing will happen so but um everywhere around you you can see the city below you so like if you look down you're you're uh, on this like see-through glass and um <clears throat> you can see the city below you you're standing over the city and um that was amazing it took me a minute to actually get up there because um it's kind of like it's like you don't have your land legs yet when you get up there onto the ledge because you're like, I hope I don't fall through. I hope I don't fall through. But at some point, I ended up like sitting down onto the uh, plexiglass 
and took a selfie. And it was great. It was a nice time. Um, I ended up finding out that the color factory was down there too. Um, so by the time we ended up finishing at the sky deck, me and Leash Leash ended up going to the color factory together. And the color factory is a museum that celebrates color, basically. So I think the very first exhibit they had was, um, you, it's like a maze. So you had to like find the next door because you're not allowed to go back. You had, you only have to, you're only allowed to go forward. So you have to find your way through everything. So our first, um, exhibit was a maze and it was very beautiful um it was just a lot of different like black and white and different colors and stuff like that you could like climb up on things and sit and take pictures and stuff like that and um listen all of the pictures that they take like the exhibit takes are free you can take as many pictures as you want and they're free they're free for you. Um, they just send them to your email and then you have uh, wonderful memories. It, 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 it's awesome. But anyway, we ended up finding our way through the maze. And then the second one, I think was, it was like they had movie theater seats and there was a screen and they gave us like the, one of those like old, um, I think they're called viewfinders. They're, they're like something from the nineties that you just like look through and stuff. And, um, they, you get candy, like, throughout the whole, like, exhibit, so, um, they gave us, like, three bags of Pop Rocks, and you were supposed to find out what flavor it was, according to the colors of, like, lemon would be yellow, chocolate would be brown, and then cinnamon would be red, so, me and her, we ended up guessing all of those wrong, for some reason, somehow, uh, (laughs) but it was, it was cool, um, the third exhibit, I think, was the floating balloon um, exhibit. They had all of these like beautiful, colorful striped walls, and they had like these vents that would make these huge balloon balloons float. So that was fun. We kind of played volleyball with one of the balloons. <laughs> it was fun. Um, what else? What was the next one? I can't remember. There's so many. Um, I do remember that, uh, you were allowed to pick your birthday. Um, they had like all the days, um, up on a wall and you could pick your, uh, birthday and on that card, it has a certain color and that certain color tells you about your birthday and kind of about like how your personality is, which I love. I love doing that stuff. And, um, then there was... The, I want to say it's like a dark forest, but it was just a bunch of like strings hanging from the, um, the exhibit ceiling and there was only like a little bit of light and you had to find your way through this like forest of like strings (laughs) and, um, me and, um, me and Alicia, we ended up like getting lost. (laughs) We couldn't find each other. And so, uh, no, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, I know I'm missing some. There was a ball pit. There was was a ball pit, bro. Um, 
that's one of the main attractions that they're very famous for is that they have this huge adult like ball pit towards the end of the exhibit and that was awesome um they had multiple light rooms uh with different colorful light in in each room so you could take pictures and video and everything um they had a alice in wonderland room or it to me that's what it was because they had like these giant ass flowers from like the garden from like alice in wonderland so i took a lot of pictures there um that was amazing but the ball pit had two slides. There was the flat slide where it had like a bump in the middle of it. So you, you just slide down and it bumps and then it, you just fly into the ball pit. And then there's a twisty one, which was really fun. My inner child was so happy. Um, and in the end, like after the whole, um, after the whole exhibit, after you're done with the ball pit, you get ice cream. I'm just like, yo, this is the best. I love the color factory. Um, it was an amazing experience. <laughs> and I think after that, uh, we just ended up, um, yeah, I don't remember. What was the first time? The first day we ended up seeing the, the new Mario movie, which was funny. Um, they have a really nice theater up there, um, with a huge arcade and everything. Um, Chicago is a very pretty place. It is pretty, it was a, it's a nice place. The people, though, aren't very nice, um, I'm not gonna lie, S some people can be rude there, but I think that comes with every city, um, but, I mean, Toledo, like... Listen, people in Chicago make people in Toledo look like they're freaking nice. <laughs> and Toledo, you look at somebody wrong and they're like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like, mm-mm. Um, but no, um, it's just the mannerisms, you know, kind of rubbed us, rubbed us the wrong way. I'm like, uh, yeah, I can understand why there's some people that don't like Chicago. I like Chicago just because there's so much going on there. Um, there's so much to do. And I love that. Okay, well, speaking of Chicago, leftist Chicago mayor elect after teenagers violent rampage through city, don't demonize them. Okay. After teenagers went on a violent rampage in downtown Chicago Saturday night in which two people were shot, leftist Chicago mayor-elect Brandon Johnson said Sunday that people shouldn't demonize the teenagers. Okay. Tell me about your logic, sir. Anyway. Over 100 teenagers participated in the uh, violent activity which included torching cars, engaging in a massive fight, and trying to breach police barricades. Two teenage boys, aged 16 and 17, were shot. 15 people were arrested. But Johnson, the city's mayor-elect, lectured uh, critics of the teenagers, issuing a statement in which he said he did not condone uh, the destructive activity uh, we saw in the loop and the lakefront 
this weekend, but then uh, implied the teenager's behavior was not completely their fault, intoning, however, it is not constructive to demonize youth who have otherwise been starved of opportunities of their own uh, communities. Okay. I want to know what started the whole rampage, though. Um, our city must work together to create spaces for youth to gather safely and responsibly under adult guidance and supervision to ensure that every part of the city remains both welcome for both residents and visitors. Um, he continued, um, saying it was part of his comprehensive approach to improve public safety and the Chicago livable for everyone. I actually agree with him. That is very interesting that he actually cares that much. But, um, let's see, in total, 15 people were arrested, including nine adults and six children. Um, Johnson was slammed for his statement by critics. You couldn't even make it through the first paragraph without excusing the rioters, one declared. I, I, the thing is, is that they're teenagers and I kind of understand his standpoint. I kind of understand his opinion about the things that he's talking about because when as much as I, you know, I don't know, it's like this, like, (laughs) give me a second, teenagers, their brain is not developed like, um, fully. So they are very impulsive and they will do whatever they like. Um, they'll think that they're right in doing so. So I think Brandon Johnson understands that because, you know, kids are going to be kids and they see adults rioting in the streets and they think that they can do it. Um, so I kind of, I have to say, I blame the adults more than the teenagers right now when it comes to stuff like this, but they will get more of the unrest and looting since they are uh, not being held responsible. It is the society's fault. Um, so individuals can, uh, do so or do as pleased. Um, shame on the insanely woke admin. Um, another added, I don't think he's woke. I think he's actually trying to understand why kids are doing this. I don't think that's woke. I think that's kind of responsible. I think that they should be held responsible for the damage that they cause, like getting them into community service and stuff like that. But like, that's pretty much it. I mean, children are going to be children, whether they're wild or not, you know, we have to teach them, you know, it takes a village sometimes to raise a child. Anyway, Johnson, who served as Cook County Commissioner when he ran for mayor against uh, Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis said on his campaign website that he would work with and uh, first responders to invest in community-based um, interventions uh, that de-escalate conflict, uh, reduce violence, and make our neighborhood safer, Vallis promised um, on his website that he would increase the number of sworn officers and um, considered public safety a basic human right. Vallis was endorsed by Chicago Police Union, while Johnson was supported by the Chicago Teachers Union, 
which provoked criticism in uh, the wake of government lockdowns for opposing the rollback of virtual instruction. All right. All right, this one is pissing me off. This is this is why I'm not this is why I'm not for the LGBTQ. Okay? I, I love you people. I do, I love you. It's just I can't I can't get with the community, especially when there's a lot of toxic people in that um community. I mean I I choose not to be a part of a lot of communities, so don't think it's just you. But Trans teacher removed from school for allegedly threatening to shoot students. Um, cops seize guns from home. Holy shit. Okay. Listen, I know that not every trans person is fucking nuts, okay? But I really think... I really think that we need to, like, screen some of these people. Like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. They are not able. They're just not able. They're not able to do anything. The right to everything because of how they've been treated and oppressed and everything. So they think that they can get away with everything because they think that they've been oppressed by everyone. And I'm just like, no, no, no. You're a human being. You make a threat. You're going to go to jail. That's, that's, that's what you're going to fucking do. That's, that's, that's the problem. That's the thing. You are going to be treated like a human being, whether or not you're transgender, uh, gay, straight, bi, whatever, or even you believe that you're a fucking cat who wants to shit in a box, okay? Anyone who is a human being will be treated by the law as such if they do stupid shit like this. I don't care about your woke folk shit like opinion or mentality there's no excuse for this a transgender teacher in florida has been removed from the classroom uh in a her in the hernando school district um and law enforcement officials has seized the individual's firearms after they allegedly made a comment about wanting to shoot students uh where ABC3 reported that the teacher uh, who uses she/her pronouns um, had recently learned of a social media post in which their sexual orientation was being discussed negatively. Yeah, get over it. People aren't gonna be getting with this sometimes, okay? If they're they're allowed to have opinions about transgender people. Just like a lot of transgender people have problems with females and males and straight white people. Like, stop. Um, The teacher was sent to the school guidance counselor's office on March 24th after reportedly claiming to be having bad thoughts. It's a mental illness. It's a mental illness. That right there just tells me it's a Okay, the teacher allegedly made concerning comments about self-harm and said that they were having suicidal thoughts uh, that they owned and that they owned firearms and wanted to shoot 
some students due to them not performing to their ability. Officials are not, have not released uh, the name of the teacher. Um, why would you... Like, okay, listen, everybody has intrusive thoughts, whether or not they have a mental illness or not, okay? It happens, okay? Sometimes, okay, I'll be very, very blunt with you. Sometimes I want to push someone out of my way into the street, you know? I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it because it's mean. It's awful. But there are intrusive thoughts that come into everybody's mind, and it just depends on how you treat them. It depends on how serious you take that thought, okay? Um, everybody knows now, by now, like what I've gone through with OCD and depression. So OCD is also internalized to where you have intrusive thoughts of hurting others and hurting yourself. I actually struggled with that for a very long time, okay? But everybody has an intrusive thought that they either laugh at or is like, what the fuck? Like, that's not me. So the problem is, is that some people, a, a, a mental illness does develop once you pay attention to those intrusive thoughts for too long. And it is very hard for people sometimes to get rid of those intrusive thoughts because for one, it could also be triggered by drug abuse. We don't know. Um, but there's a lot of different possibilities of why certain thoughts could come up. Drug abuse is one of them. But um, I will say that it all depends on how you treat that thought. Are you going to pay attention and meditate on it to the point where you're obsessed and you really don't like that these thoughts are like recurring like the more you pay attention to it the more the thoughts come in um so i don't want to scare anybody because i mean intrusive thoughts are there they're going to happen sometimes a lot of us don't actually um notice it happening some people they just brush it off like oh that ain't me i don't know why i thought that and they don't question it further but then there are rare people out there that is like why am I having these thoughts? That is not me. Why do I keep thinking this? I must be this. I must be a bad person because I'm thinking this. Uh, I, I think I have to do it. I think I have to act on these thoughts. And then we get the criminally insane people like this teacher who says that she wants to shoot people because they're not performing to their best ability. And I'm just like, you have a mental illness, ma'am, sir, person, they, I don't know. Okay. Um, you need to go to a therapist. You really need to talk to somebody. Um, I think the last, um, episode I talked about how a lot of the youth that are transitioning end up having mental illnesses as well because they either regret their sex change or um, there's a lot of hormone uh, replacement therapy so there has to be some like hormone imbalance problems that can put them into a plummeting depression and all this stuff. There's illnesses that they get because the surgery is experimental. It is not actually licensed. It is not actually a uh, professional practice. But <clears throat> 
yes, mental illness does happen sometimes with transgenderism. Um, not, not, no, nothing new, nothing new there. But the problem is, is that why would you go to the staff and say I'm having thoughts of hurting my students because they don't study? I'm like, who the fuck does that? The Hernando County Sheriff's Office quickly responded to the incident by removing three firearms and ammunition from the teacher's home the same day. The Florida Department of Education released a statement. Okay. Released a statement uh, Friday indicating that the teacher was uh, removed from the classroom. Earlier this week, the department uh, was informed of a situation regarding a student's safety at a school in Hernando County, a statement said. Upon the department bringing the concern to the superintendent Wednesday evening, uh, only then did the district become the teacher from, or did, did remove the teacher from the school, effective yesterday, Thursday, April 13th, before the teacher... But therefore, the teacher is no longer at the school. Well, okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad that they took um, necessary procedures to do that. Uh, Parents have accused the school district of withholding information from them due to the alleged uh, discrepancies in uh, what allegedly happened. The school district said uh, in a letter uh, to parents on Thursday that the investigation from Hernando's uh, county sheriff's office uh, reveal details not previously known by the school district that appear to conflict uh, with information gathered uh, at the time of the incident. Uh, in light of this additional information, the school district will continue to investigate the incident and require further involvement by uh, mental health experts. Um, as part of our investigation, we will have... <laughs> Let's take a hard look at all the actions that were taken on that day uh, in the days following the incident and determine if if any steps were missed. Okay. So they're basically just double-checking the procedure that they implemented for this teacher, Um, which is good. I'm really happy that they're doing that. Um, The school district said, that the conclusions uh, from the pending investigation may lead to consideration of additional safeguards. A small number of parents uh, at last week's school board meeting um, that they thought the teacher was being targeted because they were transgender, but the majority of parents did not agree with that statement according to local media. Um, no. Like I said, whether or not you're transgender or whatever the fuck you choose to be, you're still human, and all humans need to be treated as such according to the law, okay? You make a threat, or you even just fucking have thoughts of hurting people, they're going to take that seriously, and they're going to take the necessary procedures needed to do that. And that's with anybody. So... Doesn't matter whether they're white, black, purple, green, or a rhinoceros, the one father said. (laughs) Oh my god. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad she's uh, a great teacher. She made a. Th- I'm glad. I'm glad she's a great teacher. She made a threat. Right. Um, yeah. I think it was being sarcastic. <laughs> Another parent said, anybody that makes a comment like that should not be working in a school. If a student made that comment, uh, there would be charges pressed. The child would be expelled. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. Kamala Harry ass is back in the news, y'all. And she's pissed off about pro-life. So, you know. Isn't that with every liberal? Anyway. Attacking America, Kamala Harris says pro-life policies target our democracy at abortion rally. Man, she's ugly. She's fucking ugly. (laughs) Vice President Kamala Harry ass. Uh, made a surprise appearance at an abortion rally in Los Angeles on Saturday, a day after the Supreme Court issued an administrative stay regarding restrictions on life. My... Okay, there's there's a drug, so... Mifepristone? Um, The drug used to use in about half of all abortions in Asian Y. Okay. A Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito um, granted a five-day pause on Friday after the Department of Justice requested the court to intervene uh, following a Texas judge, Matthew Kaczmarek. Um, let's see, which uh, paused FDA approval of the abortion drug in her remarks. Harris urged rally-goers to stand up and fight um, describing the situation as a critical moment in U.S. history. Uh, when you attack the rights of women in America, you are attacking America. I mean, maybe half of America. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. You know I'm pro-life. You know I'm pro-life. I, I believe that every life is precious, especially in the womb, and I believe that children in the womb especially should have rights to their own life. Um, so... Do I believe that there are certain, like, abortion acts that kind of fall into a gray area? Yes, um, especially when it threatens the life of the mother. I understand. Um, or if it threatens the life of the child, if the birth isn't going to be able to, like, have the child stay alive, like, it's a stillbirth, or um, there's complications with the birth to where the child isn't going to survive the birth. There's a lot of um, problems uh, when it comes to like the gray area of abortion. Um, I personally believe that if a child is able to be birthed, it should be birthed. Um, if there are no complications, if there are no problems with the mother or the baby's health, and there is a perfectly good reason to have a perfect, uh, healthy birth, then yes, I believe that the child deserves to have that right to live. Even when, um, I mean, to be honest, even when 
the there is a chance that the mother may die. Like I, I still believe that in any. It's weird, like my opinion about it. Like I used to really preach hard against like abortion, but I can understand why certain women do get abortions just because of some health complications or they've been raped or there's incest or even if the child is 11 years old to where they have their body has been developed enough uh in order to have a child and their body is just not developed enough to have the child and that it would actually kill the child um, it is possible that there are babies having babies, and it's terrible. But anyway, um, there is a gray area there, which I kind of think is not acceptable, but necessary uh, when it comes to abortions. And, you know, I, I'm still wary of that opinion that I have about that, because I'm like, what does God think about that? You know, um, what does God think about having a child that won't survive the birth or that the mom won't survive the birth sort of thing? What does God think about the gray area? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, the only thing that I can say is that all life is precious, both mother and baby. And um, I know that God has put that child in the womb for a reason and I don't know like I said I, I'm very conflicted with that I'm still very conflicted about it but um, when it comes to abortion when it comes to the gray area um, if it's necessary to have an abortion it's up to the mother, basically. I, I can't say yes or no to that. But anyway, um, when you attack the rights of women, you attack the... You're attacking America. Okay, women. Okay. Uh, Harris told the crowd of a few hundred people, we have seen attacks on voting rights, attacks on fundamental rights to love and marry the people that you love, attacks on the ability of people to be themselves and be proud of who they are. Harris warned um, against pro-life voices uh, who she says attacked fundamental rights, claiming that the uh, that they by extension attack our democracy. The, the vice president also criticized the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade in 2022. Wow. Seems like... I mean, it's, it's been a year since that's happened. And it's crazy because... I feel like it just happened. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, saying that the justice, uh, the justices took the constitutional right that has been recognized from the people of America. I fundamentally believe that you can gauge through the strength of a democracy based on the strength of women and are in that democracy, Harris told <coughs> the crowd. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sounding a bit gross now. Let's see. Saturday's Los Angeles rally was organized by Women's March Action, the 
political arm of the Women's March Foundation. Abortion rights activists planned marches and rallies for uh, Saturday and Sunday divorce their support for access to the controversial drug. Some of the restrictions imposed by Kaz Merrick um, would have gone into effect Saturday and the Supreme Court not granted uh, the pause. Or she, y'all. The stay expires Wednesday, meaning the court could likely decide whether to issue a longer stay pending appeal per the Biden administration's request by then. Um, Simply put, FDA built on uh, its already suspect 2000 approval by reporting, I'm sorry, removing even more restrictions uh, related to chemical abortion drugs and were present during the final phase of the investigation. And uh, it did so by relying on studies that included, uh, sorry, the very conditions FDA refused to adopt. Kasmerich said in his ruling, which was praised by pro-life advocates, uh, but later uh, partially blocked by the Fifth Circuit. Okay. Shortly after Kasmerich's uh, decision, U.S. District um, Judge Thomas Rice issued the conflicting ruling and said that the FDA will still had to allow uh, man how the fuck you say this word Mifepristone um, in 17 Democratic led states who uh, brought lawsuit Uh, last week White House Press Secretary Karen uh, Jean-Pierre said we are going to continue to fight in the courts uh, we believe the law on our we believe the law is on our side and we will prevail okay lots of fun I guess St- stupid it is time for a break yes go take a piss go take a shit go eat a snack go get a drink I don't really care just come back <laughs> Alright, here's some random shit that I found on the internet. Here you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I found um I found a an article, alright. You guys know about the Dalai Lama asking a kid to suck his tongue, right? Listen. I just pull up an article, and he's wearing, like, some sort of holy robe, right? But he kind of looks like one of those marshmallow peeps. <laughs> listen, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody in their culture, but it's like, yo, listen. The hood that he has is shaped like one of those little peeps that you get on Easter. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done being stupid. All right, let's... <laughs> Let's just talk about it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, he looks like a peep. I'm sorry, okay. 
Uh, the Dalai Lama apologizes for asking a young boy to suck his tongue. Oh my god. The Dalai Lama has apologized for kissing a young boy on the lips and asking him to suck his tongue after a video of the incident sparked outrage on social media. Um, the 87-year-old Buddhist priest regrets the incident and wishes to apologize to the boy and his family, as well uh, as his many friends across the world for the hurt uh, his words may have caused, according to the statement published by his office on Monday. Um, his Holiness... Um, often teases people he meets in an in an innocent I'm sorry in an innocent I can't say innocent today Uh, innocent and playful way even in public before cameras uh, the statement adds Um, a video of the incident why are you doing that I don't want to subscribe to your shit um, the incident happened at an event in February at the Su Langkang. Oh my gosh, I said that. Su Su Langkang Temple Complex. Okay. Uh, where the Dalai Lama resides. Um, in attendance were more than 120 students who competed or who completed a skills training course hosted by the M3M Foundation. Um, the charity um, arm of a prominent Indian uh, real estate group. The uh, foundation posted photos from the event um, on early March. <coughs> <coughs> um, including some of the some with the boy from the video M E M. Uh, or M3M, sorry, M3M, did not respond to NPR's request for the information about the boy's identity. The video has been shared millions of times on social media. The video spread quickly on social media where uh, commenters have been called, have called it scandalous and disgusting and abusive. At least uh, one tweet containing the video shows it has been viewed more than 4 million times. Um, in the U.S., the video has been shared uh, by right-wing influencers who have tried to use it to claim without evidence that pedophilia uh, has run rampant. I mean, to be honest, why would you out of nowhere? Like, even if you were a regular person and you were just meeting a boy, like a kid, I mean, forget about him being a holy Buddhist priest, Okay. Who looks like a peep. Uh, but listen, I'm sorry. Holy or not, it is unholy to victimize a child like that. So yes, I truly believe that that was an act of pedophilia, whether he intended that or not. Okay? I honestly do think that he intended that for real. Because why would you just go up and say, hey, suck my tongue. Give me a kiss and suck my tongue little boy like you do know that sounds so disgusting and disturbing i don't see how any person who is liberal could think that that is okay like that's that that is straight up pedophilia and they're fine with that the liberals are fine with that like oh it's nothing he was just being silly that's not silly 
that's predatory behavior. I don't care how he decides to try and present it. It's disgusting. <clears throat> the Tibet, or in Tibet, sticking out one's tongue is known as a traditional greeting, stemming from the 9th century myth <coughs> about uh, an unpopular king with a black tongue. Okay, but the thing is, is that you don't suck a man's tongue. That's disgusting. Uh, when the king died, Tibetans began revealing their tongues to show they hadn't become uh, his incarnate. Okay. Uh, tongue sucking does not appear to be part of the tradition. Exactly! Exactly! Man, okay, I'm about to cough my ass off in a minute. <coughs> The Dalai Lama has uh, long sat at the center of controversy. The principal leader of the Yellow Hat, the Yellow Pea Pat, uh, school of Tibetan Buddhism, the Dalai Lama is among the best known spiritual leaders in the world. Followers of the spiritual sect believe the current Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama, <laughs> Dalai Lama Tenzin Gayetsdo. Gayetso, um, to be the reincarnation of his 13 predecessors. Okay. Um, in 2018, he said the rising level of African refugee uh, migrants should return to their own countries or continents, uh, declaring that Europe belongs to the Europeans. Um, in the following year, he apologized for telling the BBC in an interview that should, uh, he have a female successor she should be more attractive what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck misogynist and pedophilic anyway um the Dalai Lama has resided in the green northern hillside Indian city of Dharma Dharmashala, I think that's how you say it, uh, since 1959 after an unsuccessful Tibetan uprising against Chinese occupation. Beijing still regards t Tibetan Buddhists with uh, suspicion and hostility. Anyway, the Dalai Lama has spent a lifetime advocating for Tibetan autonomy <clears throat> and has taken steps to ensure that the mission doesn't die down with him. Uh, <clears throat> though he has dreams of living to 113, he plans to consult with his uh, advisors around the age 90 for instructions about finding his successor. Alright. Um, that, that veered off the topic pretty fast. This must be a liberal fucking... Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Is that PL NPR Chicago? <laughs> Wow, no, it is it is a very liberal uh, website, but I I still have my opinions about it. Like, why the fuck did you do that? Like, I don't care. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna respect a holy man, okay? First of all, because to be honest, I mean, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in Buddhism. It's fine. Uh, you can believe in whatever you want. I'm just saying I'm not going to be bound down to Buddha anytime soon. Uh, two, I'm definitely not going to respect you asking a boy to suck his suck your fucking tongue. Like, 
you had a problem that day. <laughs> anyway, um, there is a YouTube video that I want to watch for a second to see why he decided to try and suck the kid's tongue. Or him getting the kid to suck his tongue. And I also want to watch the video. So I will be right back. Anyway, um, I watched the video that was fucking nasty. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. That, that was the fucking most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Um, so this kid basically just wanted a hug from the Dalai Lama because, um, these kids, you know, they were allowed to go, like, to go see the Dalai Lama, so he wanted it, like... He asked for a hug, like, hey, can I have a hug? So instead of giving the boy what he wanted, which was just a simple hug, he goes ahead, kisses him on the lips, touches foreheads with him, and then I think the translator who was talking, like, you know, translating, like, Dalai Lama's words, he ends up saying, suck my tongue, and sticks his tongue out. So, um, that's nasty. Um, I, I don't know really what else to say. That is a pedophilic thing. Um, I don't know what possessed him to even want to do that. Um, it's wrong. It's just dead wrong. I don't care what culture you're in. Pedophilia is pedophilia. I don't give a shit. But, um, yeah, I mean, imagine the boy's family imagine the people that saw this and imagine, um, even the reporters, you know, um, apparently I guess the reasoning for him doing this is because he likes to mess with people and tease people. Um, he, he just likes to be funny, but that wasn't fucking funny, bro. That's, that's nasty. That's disgusting. And nobody wants to suck your old man tongue. Fuck you, man. Bye. Okay, well, how about a little bit of a change of scenery here? From the Dalai Lama, from a Buddhist temple to a supposedly Christian church. A shocking transformation of Michael Todd's Easter service. So, Easter service and Michael Todd's um, church uh, I, Michael Todd is the pastor of, um, Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, has caused waves, um, across social media in the past few days for their Easter play called Ransom. Clips of the play have been circulating across social media, especially on YouTube, leading many to create reaction videos, um, of what has, what was seen in the service. Um, part of the play included music from Kesha's Die Young. And listen, in my opinion about that music video, that was a satanic ritual. Why do you want to put that song in a fucking church play? Like, tell me why. Just tell me why, man. Um, another secular artist, dark clothes and makeup, um, fire and red lighting to set the stage to actually look like a frame in hell. 
Um, there was also a part of the play where the demons danced and compared their physical features to uh, one another. One another saying, "I don't have a fatty," referring to their posteriors or their asses. Okay. Um, yeah, and there uh, another clip also shows a part of the service where the demons are pulling Jesus off the cross. Dang. See, I kind of want to see it just to see how bad it really is, like how awful it is, but <coughs> give me a second, guys. Um, I don't know why I decided to eat during this. <laughs> anyway, another video clip showed the end of the service, uh, which appeared to be a regular praise and worship session. The Facebook video uh, Todd shared um, the purpose behind the play before the production began. He said that the 2015, that in 2015, after becoming the pastor of Transformation Church, he said that he had never preached an Easter sermon, so he came up with an idea of doing an Easter play. He envisioned that the play should speak to the lost instead of just to those who are already saved saying that he wanted to go to the edge and do everything um, short of sin with the play. Now, after a few years, after the growth of the church, Todd was all uh, was ready to bring back the play to a larger congregation. Okay. <clears throat> Today, we're under the direction of some amazing people, I believe for the first time we're going to um, get to see... Uh, this production with the level of anointing and excellence that I saw in it when I didn't have the resources to be able to present it, Todd said. Todd encouraged the audience to be humble, open, and transparent, which is one of the church's core culture codes. <coughs> I'm so sorry, renegades. Um, all right, core culture cult pre presented um, on their website before the production started a note was also placed on the screen ransom is the creative expression of the true story of uh, of the fall and redemption of the man of man through Jesus Christ as written in scripture backstories and some characters um, or dialogue have been added However, all biblical and historical contexts, along with any artistic imagination, and are designed to um, support the truth and intention of the scriptures. This production intends to portray a representation of the gospel that draws in the lost and reminds the found of the power, love, and grace of Jesus Christ. Viewers are encouraged to read the Bible for further context and understanding of the Easter story. Okay, but Jesus ain't a woman. Jesus was never a woman. I'm sorry. I know there's going to be so many people out there that are saying, oh, God was a woman. What the fuck are you talking about? There's so many woke people, woke folk out there that will say, like, Joseph was the first drag queen who, like, sported a rainbow coat to support the LGBTQ. People are starting to say that the most um, amazing and strong people in the Bible were once gay or were once something other than the, what they were in the Bible. Um, <clears throat> I don't see 
anything, okay? I have read the Bible a few times, okay? I'm not familiar with everything. That's just with everybody, I feel like. Not all Christians know the Bible inside and out. But I will say, there has never been a time in my life where I have had seen the Bible misgender my Savior to where he turned into a woman on the cross. You wanted to blaspheme for some reason. I don't really know. Okay. The three demonic spirits that were acted by three women talking about their fat asses. Why is that relevant? Like, how is that relevant to the Bible? I understand that they're like, technically in that conversation they're indulging in worldly things and talking about their own um appearances and being uh like loving themselves a bit too much i understand that part but why the fuck do you need to accentuate that part of the play to bring in sinners sinners are going to think that this is fucking weird too Because a lot of the time, when it comes to Christian ministry, they do follow the scriptures, okay? You're not Dallas Jenkins, Michael, okay? You're not, all right? Dallas Jenkins has produced The Chosen, and The Chosen, he has creatively put um, a creative twist on the scriptures. He doesn't twist the scriptures. He actually puts his creative hand in it, okay? Creativity is a God thing. Creativity is something that I believe is from the creator. Anybody who is creative knows the way of the creator, okay? This, sir, is not creative. It's blasphemous, okay? So, yeah, no. I'm starting to think that you just decided to get really too fucking worldly and trying to want to be liked to the point where you blasphemed the whole entire story of Jesus Christ dying for our sins. No way, nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus was a woman on the cross and died for our sins. Jesus was a man. All right. I don't care what anyone says. All right. You don't put a woman on the cross. right? That's blasphemous. That's like, you know, I mean, think of it as, you know, blaspheming another religion. Like you wouldn't have a a naked woman with tits as a Buddhist, right? Wait, they do have that, don't they? They do have a Buddhist statue with tits, I think. (laughs) Maybe that was a bad uh, comparison, but you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't just blatantly decide to blaspheme another religion. But when it comes to Christianity, now listen, I come from the Christian community. I understand how toxic they can be, how awful and telling you how to live sort of way they can be. I used to be one of those people. I understand that. I understand why some people want to make fun of Christians because of the way that they behave. But a preacher a known preacher, to believe in Jesus Christ, 
to believe that he died for our sins and stuff like that. Puts a woman on a goddamn cross. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Lord, forgive me for saying that. I'm just saying, listen, you don't put a woman on the cross, bro. You just don't. You just don't. It's just like you don't. It's just like the Dalai Lama should not have asked a boy to suck his tongue. You just don't do that. It's not part of the Buddhist culture. I mean, it's part of the Tibetan culture where you greet each other with, like, sticking your tongue out. But, like, sucking the tongue? No. No. I'm just saying. There are certain things you just don't do in certain aspects of culture or religion. You just don't do that. Okay? When it comes to Jesus dying on the cross, he never turned into a woman. He did not sprout tits, okay? He didn't. All right. That's one of the main problems I have with this. But Ransom is the creative expression of the true story of the fall of redemption of, uh, through Jesus Christ. Okay. So... Uh, the play's website also gives a description of um, Ransom's narrative, which is centered on a princess who is deceived by a dragon into committing a crime to disobey the king. What? I'm sorry. Where is there a princess in the Bible that betrays the king? Like, what? How do you get a princess out of the Bible and a dragon out of the Bible. Like, trust me, there are dragons in the Bible, okay? But it's in the book of Job, dude. It's in the book of Job. <laughs> like, stop. Stop. It's not in the book of Matthew. <clears throat> Comments and reactions from people across social media have varied. Um, some siding with Transformation Church that the play was powerful, um, effective, and well-loved by their entire family. Some even... Uh, claiming that this, around 600 people were saved through the service. However, there are others who believe the play went too far and glorified sin. I should say so. I should say so. Yeah, I think so. Do I think that the church's primary role is to glorify God and edify believers with the word of God and uh, with the gospel? Do I think that everything done in a church should be pointing to the Lord. Yes, I do. Uh, commenter Allie Beth Stuckey said. Um, <clears throat> Is that what you got out of this? No, it's entirely inappropriate. The pastor and YouTuber Marcus uh, Rogers also warned about uh, using discernment and wisdom with productions like this one. When you spend time with God in a private place, you just are able to discern uh, something is not right, Rogers said in this reaction video. It doesn't matter if the whole world is uh, singing this individual's praises in the spirit. You know something is off. Uh, with so many people torn between loving and hating ransom, one thing uh, everyone can agree on is that transformation created a stir with the production. Yeah, I I understand. I I hate it. I hate that he did this, and it's wrong. Um, no. I mean, what else is there to say? Um, Michael. Todd is a blasphemer. That's it. That's it. Bye.
<clears throat> all right. You all know the mascot, Hopper the Sparrow, right? Well, I haven't seen Hopper in a very long time. Um, I think it's because it's uh, starting to be spring and he's trying to find himself a girl to start a family with. And that's fine. Um, go and get yours, dude. Like, I love you. Um, but <laughs> but um, I have come across a very fascinating article about sparrows. And um, I believe that, a, you know, a sparrow is my spirit animal. Uh, do I believe in spirit animals? Not to a degree where I believe that they'll... I'll like reincarnate as one, but, um, I do believe that, you know, certain animals God uses to communicate to people, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Give me a second. I got to eat the rest of my pasta. I'm done now. Anyway, meet the little brown bird that holds a mirror up to humanity. I love this bird. Anyway, whether we love, hate, or ignore the familiar house sparrow, and I think that's what Hopper is, is a house sparrow. There's different sparrows, but I remember he has, like, black around his eyes, so he must be a house sparrow. <clears throat> um, its story can teach us about how we relate to the natural world and each other. Readers who cracked open the, the 1897 issue of popular birding magazine called The Osprey... Uh, found um, something shocking. Alongside articles about the uh, taking of a California condor's egg, what? and the hunter's notes, uh, the table qualities of the sage grouse um, was a blistering takedown of renowned ornithologist Thomas Brewer by his colleague Elliot Kaus. So, um, everybody knows that Dr. Brewer made a fool of himself. The fact that uh, he then dies, not, uh, does not alter the other fact that he, or the fact of what he did when he was alive. Okay. Um, the harm he did was incalculable and his name deserves to be stigmatized. Uh, <clears throat> dying makes a great difference to the person chiefly concerned, but has no, uh, retroactive effects upon the events of his life. Um, and only uh, sentimentalists allow it to influence their estimate of personal character. So, the birds in this story. It's the eastern bluebird, the house sparrow, and the white-throated sparrow. I feel like I see house sparrows more than the other two. The most. <clears throat> oh wait, you can, you can press the sounds! Yeah, that's how Sopper, the ho Sopper, that's how Hopper sounds. He's so cute. Anyway, the throated sparrow. That almost sounded like a mockingjay, not gonna lie. The bluebird. Man, Hopper talks a lot. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> anyway, 
<clears throat> Brewer had been dead for 17 years, uh, but uh, was what was Cal still mad about? The quarrel started back in the 1870s when these men clashed over a little brown bird that had been imported from Europe, the house sparrow. Um, broadly speaking, Brewer thought um, it was welcome or it was a welcome arrival that ate harmful pests and cows fretted that it uh, devoured crops and killed native birds. Um, the years-long battle, which was fought in the press uh, and became known as the Sparrow War, uh, <clears throat> left cows to uh, left cows so bitter that he couldn't drop the topic almost two decades after his uh, rival's death. So the history of the house sparrow is uh, rife with this sort of human drama. Um, this palm-sized earth tone avian permanently tied its fate to our species during the prehistoric times in the ensuing millennia. The bird has navigated endless cultural shifts. Um, people have hunted it, coddled it, written odes to it, and declared war on it. Uh, whether we love or hate the house sparrow, I love the house sparrow because I have a house sparrow that just likes to visit my house. <laughs> <clears throat> it holds up a mirror to humanity, revealing uh, important truths about the way we relate to nature and to each other. Um, let's see, the relationship between human and a house sparrow began in 11,000 years ago. Uh, people living in the fertile uh, crescent began to farm and build lasting settlements. Uh, in doing so, uh, they created a new habitat for food sources, uh, one that the house sparrow would quickly exploit. It changed its body in profound ways so that it could uh, thrive alongside human hosts. Um, it evolved a bigger bill to crack open agricultural grains and the ability to digest the starchy crops that people crave. Not all house sparrows um, settled alongside people. The uh, Bacterinus subspecies uh, kept its distance. It does also, uh, to this day ranging from parts of the Middle East, ranging, sorry, what the hell, <laughs> ranging from parts of the Middle East to the northeast, northwestern China, uh, skittish and migratory, it forages for wild uh, grass seeds um, instead of cultivated crops. Meanwhile, the human-adapted house sparrow uh, was on its way to global domination. Uh, whenever humans move from place to place, we bring elements of our home uh, ecosystem with us. So when Middle Eastern farmers expanded into Europe, the sparrow tagged along. It was no longer native to the region, but um, as ecologist Rob Dunn has written, native to humanity, or at least a slice of it. How did the farmers feel about their aviation or the avian companion? Emotions were mixed. The sparrow devoured harmful insects, especially during the nesting season. Um, <clears throat> when this, uh, when its growing chicks needed protein. Uh, but it also ate part of the harvest by the 1700s in Europe. Um, as settlements expanded, the people shot sparrow-hungry birds 
um, of prey. The house sparrow's numbers reached unprecedented heights to protect crops from the abundant birds. Uh, Authorities took drastic measures in Germany. For instance, they they instituted a grim tax uh, demanding that farmers collect a certain number of sparrow heads per year. Why just the heads, though? That's nasty. Um, Officials counted the gruesome tokens and buried them so nobody would present the same heads twice. Um, Meanwhile, over in North America, homesick colonists uh, were pining for sparrows surrounded by unfamiliar wildlife. Um, They missed the sights and sounds of home. So when they encountered small brownish native birds, the name or they named them Song Sparrow, Chipping Sparrow, White-Throated Sparrow, and so on. Um, Never mind that these birds, collectively uh, known today as New World Sparrows, were only um, distantly related to the house sparrow from back home, uh, or the indigenous peoples uh, and their own names for the creatures around them. And then some... And then came the caterpillars. Okay. Interesting. In 1841, a native caterpillar species um, called the elm spanworm, ew, uh, was experiencing one of its occasional boom years. Okay. The inchworm hung from trees, chewed on leaves, and ruined the purest pleasure of summer in New York, according to the Brooklyn Evening Star. Uh, it is painful to see the ladies uh, quitting the cover of the trees and seeking the hottest blaze of the noontide sun to escape these worms. Um, the newspaper lamented. Um, gentlemen also uh, suffered in 1859. New York Times reported that um, despite cool weather uh, unfavorable to the caterpillars, Still, all men who wear a mustache have, uh, even this year, shuddered to find occasionally that the brown wrenches were dangling from their cherished ornaments. Ew! They were hanging from their fucking lip. Ew. Um, other native caterpillar species um, were causing problems too, uh, defoliating urban forests and harming fruit trees. Um, what could be done? These days, uh, researchers know that the caterpillar outbreaks are complex. Um, it's tricky to determine the exact mix of factors that cause them and how long they'll last. But back in the 1840s, a few scholarly men uh, thought they had a solution. The uh, one steeped in nostalgia, it was suggested that a meeting of intelligent men reported the Evening Star... Um, that an importation of English sparrows would do much uh, in keeping the trees free of worms. Um, The English sparrow, a.k.a. the house sparrow, thrived in cities and uh, was known to scarf down insects. Um, Perhaps it could tackle these uh, span worms as well as pests plaguing farmers' fields in 1850. Nicholas Pike, um, the head of the local scientific cultural organization, uh, directed an effort to import 16 house sparrows from England. Further instructions took place to control caterpillars across the U.S. and worldwide. The species 
uh, proliferated often under the watchful eyes of uh, officials. In Chicago, a police officer um, organized locals um, to put up 170 sparrow houses and even uh, installed perches at a fountain uh, so that the birds could bathe in comfort. Aw, so, like, they do have a love-hate relationship with sparrows. The Sparrow War, everything went well. At first, New Yorkers found uh, fewer caterpillars in their mustaches. (laughs) Um, The Sparrow multiplied and spread quickly. Uh, So quickly, in fact, that... um, some wondered if the experiment was too successful. All right. Um, had naturalists traded the plague of harmful caterpillars for a plague of crop-hungry sparrows. Um, at an 1867 meeting in the Boston Society of Natural History, a uh, naturalist named Charles Pickering Um, delivered an anti-sparrow tirade. Um, He quoted authors who declared the birds um, impudent and evil and warned that they needed to be slaughtered before they ate the United States out of house and home. Brewer, that um, aforementioned um, orthonologists, uh, who would be a post- Thomasly? Is that how you say that? I don't know. Uh, chewed out and fired back. Okay. Um, he argued that the lively, entertaining sparrow was doing a great job of eating caterpillars and would prove to be a worthwhile addition to the North American fauna. Um, the debate calmed down, but only for a few years in 1874, Kaus reported that the overrated house sparrow was driving away native species and warned that one one day Americans would have to take measures to get rid of the birds. Again, Brewer uh, responded arguing that Kaus was prejudiced against the sparrow from the beginning. The rivals kept quarreling, and uh, other naturalists and uh, lay people jumped into the fray. The ensuing decade-long drama played out for the popular press in a scientific journal where it became known as the Sparrow War. But um, it wasn't just about the bird. The ensuing decade drama became the House Sparrow War, but it wasn't just about the bird. Okay. Um, At the same time, immigration was picking up the hundreds of thousands of people were entering North America each year. Many of these newcomers faced a flood of prejudice, including those from Ireland and China and other, and later (coughs) from Eastern and Southern Europe. When naturalists took to the press to discuss a house sparrows merits, many of them made horrific comparisons to the new human arrivals haters labeled both immigrants and the house sparrow noisy, promiscuous, violent, and depraved. Uh, Frank Bowles, a nature uh, writer and secretary of Harvard University, um, called the bird the feathered embodiment of those instincts and passions which belong to the lowest class of foreign immigrants. That's just mean, bro. That's real mean. (laughs) Uh, poets joined in the battle in 1881. Forest and Stream magazine reprinted a an awkward uh, pro-sparrow verse by William Cullen Bryant that proclaimed the Old World Sparrow um, 
is welcome here. Below it, they shared a poem by Fred Mayer um, uh, that name-dropped Kaus. Uh, America's freedom has been uh, much abused, uh, Mayer reported. Okay. Or she. But our long-suffering people, some uh, morning will see communists and sparrows thrown into the sea. That's mean, bro. That's awful. Uh, and many of the claims made during the Sparrow War are um, anecdotal, based on the opinion and hard to verify. Um, the House Sparrow is, for its part, didn't read the newspapers. Um, it did not. It did what it had. It did what it had to. Um, to evolve. Okay. It lived alongside people. As always, its numbers fluctuated and and, uh, as culture shifted. By the 1920s, for instance, cars replaced horses in the city streets and the sparrow declined. It could no longer nibble at abundant abundant stores of horse feed and pluck um, tasty grains from dung. Um, But it was capable of adapting um, to our... Vagaries? I don't know how you say that. I'm having a blonde moment. Um, in remarkable ways. Over in Yorkshire in the mid-1970s, uh, a pair of birds followed into coal mine and uh, nested. Into coal mines and nested 21,000 feet. Or 2,100 feet underground. Wow. Why? <clears throat> Today, the house bear nests on every um, continent but Antarctica. The bird numbers uh, perhaps in a billion, and the human-sparrow relationship is unsurprisingly still complicated. While the species <coughs> can be a nuisance for farmers, fears about its agricultural impact uh, didn't quite bear out. It is, however, a troublesome carrier of pathogens, which uh, are such as the West Nile virus and salmonella. Holy shit, really? Damn. Um, And then there's the battle over the nest boxes. People who install a box for eastern bluebirds may uh, watch in horror as sparrow displaces or even kills the native species. Damn. Man, see, I like sparrows. They know what they want. They they want to fight. (laughs) Uh, seeing the behavior firsthand can reshape how people view the house sparrow. I love the house sparrow even more. Shut up. Uh, researchers at the Cornell uh, Lab of or- Ornithology have found that when someone witnesses an attack, they're more likely to try and control their local sparrow population. Um, but it's not clear uh, whether those incidents were causing overall declines in native species, broadly speaking. Fluctuations in sparrow numbers don't seem to drive shifts in bluebird populations. Um, what on earth is going on? This issue is difficult to study through, and more research is needed. Okay. How long is this? Oh, I'm almost done. Okay, I'm almost done. Hopefully it's not like two hours. Um, but anyway... At the moment, sparrows are yet again uh, on a downside in Cornell's labs uh, project uh, feeder watch. 
found that between 1995 and 2016, the uh, proportion of sites reporting house sparrows sunk by 7.5%, and uh, the average flock size shrunk by 22%. I don't know what's going on outside, but it sounds like someone's getting violent outside. Anyway, um, concerned conversations in Europe and Asia see declines there too. Uh, perhaps because of changing agricultural practices, um, insect die-offs and population and disease. When sparrows are rare, uh, done rights, we tend to like them, and when they are common, we tend to hate them. Um, our fondness is fickle and predictable and uh, says more about us than them. I love the sparrow. Leave them alone. They're doing their own thing. Uh, we don't have to love the house sparrow. We don't have to enjoy its repetitive chirps and suppress um, heart hearts break or suppress heartbreak when it kills a bluebird. I didn't know they did that. That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> but we can ignore it. For uh, those of us on the urban areas, it is an important connection to the natural world in 1970 when the New York State Assembly voted to make the eastern bluebird uh, the official state bird. A Democrat from the Bronx dissented, saying, those of us who are city dwellers don't allow the bluebird, we allow the sparrow. Or we know the sparrow. Oh, that's so cool. Look at that. Um, After thousands of years of human-sparrow interactions, the house sparrow can help us know ourselves, too. And we owe it to ourselves to peer into that feathered mirror. That's actually really cute. I'm glad I read that. I enjoyed that. Anyway, that is all I have for today. Um, Thank you to Guatemala for listening. We love you. We welcome you. We see you. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the trenches next time. See ya.